Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Philosopher's Stone podcast. Season two begins today. We are doing seasons. That's what the world is. That's what everybody else is doing from what I can see. And I am a natural born follower. I don't know about you, Sam. How you doing, Sam? Doing great. Doing great. Just sitting here with my apple cider vinegar, just enjoying a nice tart glass. Again. Oh, man. It's a daily thing. I really don't get that, but we already talked about this yesterday. <laughs> uh, we did attempt a podcast yesterday, and it got derailed um, by my life being a, just an instant, just a constant whirlpool of chaos that never ends. I swear to God, Sam, this week, every sing- it wasn't like a bunch of sh- it wasn't like a, any big shitty things happened, but like every every time I attempted to do anything this week, it failed completely to a point where it became comical almost. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny when everything you try to do goes wrong. That is funny. I'm sensing some some sort of sarcasm, maybe with an ounce of vitriol uh mixed in there. I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing at you. <laughs> well you don't even you don't know me. I just every every little thing <laughs> like my sink over my sink plugged up and I tried to fix it myself and I didn't drain the water from the sink first which I will never do again, <laughs> never not do again. I just popped open that pee trap and it was, I was covered in like this liquid that I could only describe as like a, uh, a, uh, a cult, like imagine. Hell's bukkake. No, no, it, it legitimately smelt like rotten ramen soup. Like that's what it, that's what the f- uh. first like kimchi that like someone fucked up hard. <laughs> And I, I couldn't do anything. I tried. I got like I borrowed like one of those drain snakes, and then I put the snake in. Uh, get it stops like ten feet down the pipe. So I'm like, okay, obviously there's a blockage. Can't get it to unclog, and then I can't pull the thing out either. Like now it's stuck in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm my my kitchen's covered in rotten ramen soup liquid. I'm covered in rotten ramen soup liquid, and I can't get this thing to come out. And I was, it was just after like. A few days of already a bunch of shit going like just not working out for me in my favor. Mm. Like the other day, I was like, I gotta get gas. I'm I'm gonna do the thing. I'm gonna get gas today so I don't have to go in the morning before work. Get to the gas station, wait in line. There was a lineup <laughs> and 20 minutes of waiting, get to the pump, boom, all the pumps shut down. All the pumps like fry at the same time. Ah, that's hilarious. It was just like small things like that. All day, and then we tried to do the podcast yesterday, and I couldn't get my fucking audio to work. I couldn't, and then when we finally did get it going, we I got interrupted by a phone call, and I just I was done. I couldn't do it. So this is take two of season two, episode one, and I'm feeling like um, things are going to start going my way. You know, they're going to start. There's only so much the universe can like put in your basket that sucks, right? Can't get any worse, right? Well, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that out loud. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I don't want to test fate like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that sounds like a hell of a week. Glad you're still with us. It was terrible. Hated it. It's only been two days. Holy shit. It's Tuesday. What? What? Oh, no. Today's, uh, hold on. Today's Thursday? Thursday. Holy oh, okay. fuck. I thought you just time warped me into a, I was in some sort of like three day groundhog day situation. If you believe it's Tuesday hard enough, it will become Tuesday. Well, 
Yeah, I, I see that. I can see that. You know, if if you believe something <laughs> that can't be distinguished, like any, like ever, if everybody just decided today was Tuesday, it would be so, right? It's like there's no intrinsic properties of Tuesday. Yeah, that is different than any other day. I don't know unless it's based on like uh the like the god and the god corresponds to like a certain star in a certain, but then it's like the order is arbitrary. The order is arbitrary, but there is no there is no difference day to day besides length of daylight. But that's not a weekday thing. That's a it's a day of the year thing, right? All I'm trying to say is, thank God it's fucking Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thank God tomorrow's yeah. And who knows when this will come out though? This this talk is all meaningless. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we really need to start getting like. I think we need to. I know it's my fault ninety percent of the time, but. We need to like Mondays or whatever days work for both of us. That's the fucking day. And and then get our producer Matt on board to like this is when we need them out. But it's hard to do that when you don't pay your producer. He's like, you know, <laughs> why would he uh hold himself to a strict schedule if there's no compensation for him? Mm. But it's investment it's an investment in the future of this podcast. Maybe one day making beer money for us in which case he can have that beer money Mm -hmm. well i mean goals right goals it's all about goals goals hashtag squad goals (laughs) um but yeah we i think it would benefit us to this season to kind of tighten up our schedule a little bit hey i'm all about keeping it tight i know i'm all about that you are so they call me the ratchet Man, <laughs> the ratchet man. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it tight, righty tighty, baby. That's your catchphrase before you kill them. <laughs> yeah, everyone's killed with a ratchet. You take a like a socket, uh, specialized like socket wrench to people's genitalia, and you go righty tighty, righty tighty. Beware the ratchet man. <laughs> yeah, that that's a. Uh... That's a good horror movie. I'm sure it exists already. You know that common phrase, if you can think of it, it already exists in Japan. Very true. There is nothing new under the land of the rising sun. Especially if you're talking sexual stuff. Like They've, they've gone down every possible alleyway there, I feel like. Mm. Yeah. I heard there was a club in Japan, like a nightclub, like a sex club, where you literally go there and you pay to fuck sea animals bestiality yeah but like of the ocean variety oh my god like dolphins and yeah squid game am i right squid game (laughs) (laughs) that's the name of the bar squid game (laughs) squid game (laughs) the real squid games ah fuck me anyways we do have an email left over from season one oh for god's sakes let's read let's read it we might as well just read it right now it's it's short it's just it's just a quick question from uh, I don't believe I know this person in 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 in, in reality. Maybe you do, um, but I'm just not to say their name just out of. Uh, you can say their first name, or do they say it? Say not. Yeah, actually, she says it in in the in the in the line. Oh, okay. Okay, and I believe it's a young person based on the end of this. Uh, specifically, Uh-oh. more heat than light. And okay, sorry, she asked the question. The subject line. Have you ever read Philip Murawski? How do you spell that? 
M I R O W S K I. I don't think so. Is that the? Is that it? And she goes on to say specifically more. Uh, the title is more heat than light and machine dreams. Love to hear an episode on his work. Thanks, Avery. She slash her. Those are her pronouns. I'm guessing. Oh, cool. Uh, have so maybe this here's some homework, or maybe what if I read a book once <laughs> and I I tried to teach you something I learned more heat than light and machine dreams. I like the sound of machine dreams. Yeah, I think it's uh this might be heavy reading. This is the name of the book: More Heat Than Light: Economic as Social Physics, Physics as Nature's Economics. Oh, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll just get a, someone on YouTube to summarize it for me. Because <laughs> that's how I learn now. Sounds heavy. Well, thanks for your question, Avery. I well, we should try and at least do a little research. Let's both do a little light research on this on this Philip Murawski character, and we can chat about him next episode. Yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah, maybe not next episode. I don't think I'll be able to get digest this by next episode, but definitely we'll do it. Well, I. I feel like this is a situation where we can both do our independent research and then compare and contrast notes. How about that? And we'll see how wrong I or how how much I've missed the mark being out there on my own. Yeah, let's see if we can find a copy of it that we so we can actually read it. Okay, uh, sweet. It might be hard to get a copy. Anyways, hey, hardcover, five hundred bucks. Holy shit! What? Holy shit! There's a hardcover of this for five hundred bucks on Amazon. Hey, Avery, can you send us your <laughs> copy? <laughs> we'll sign it for you. <laughs> um, but thank you for the email. Anyone else out there that wants to send an email, we are at tpspodcast420 at gmail.com. And uh, we will read your email if we get it on the podcast. We will. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's a promise. That's how few we get. So it's very exciting. <laughs> All right, Sam, let's get into it. I got a lot to do tonight still. Oh, wow. Cool. Ho- Good for you. <laughs> what? You think that was a brag? It was a freaking, it was a lament. It was a lament. Mm-hmm. A lament, yeah. Too busy. Yep. Life is hard. Yep. Um, you want to get into it? You want to fucking go, dude? You want to <laughs> fucking go? Yeah. Come fight me. You know, Flair Air can get me there. <laughs> For cheap. <laughs> I'm going to flare air my way right to your face, dude. <laughs> flare. I'm going to flare you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me flare my way over there and beat the fuck out of you. For a very reasonable price, but a hellish flight. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So who are we on today? Oh, yeah. So this is a continuation. Or we said we were going to do this uh, previously. Yeah. Sort of as a follow-up to Marx and Nietzsche. Yeah. You know what's really classy is having like a part one and then your season end and then start the next season with part two. I don't know if that's ever been done in Netflix history. Oh my God. That's that's a formula, I think. You think? The cliffhanger. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Summarize. Can you give me a quick, like, a quick little recap of just the basic Marxist philosophy? As far as, oh, yeah, you tried to turn me into a communist. I remember now. <laughs> I remember that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he made a lot of, he made a lot of good points and it made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basic Marxist philosophy is, or Karl Marx believed that, history is deterministic. So human history is going to play out in a certain way. 
It's going to arrive at a final outcome. And that final outcome will be communism. Mm-hmm. It's just the natural progression of society. So yes, people that are like fighting to start a communist revolution are kind of missing his point in that, in that way, whereas they don't have to do anything because it'll get there. Yeah, that's a lot of, there's a lot of debate and uh, contention amongst the communists about like when, when communism should happen. Right. But anyway, that's like, who knows about that? But basically, the, yeah, the idea is that history is this struggle of class against class, specifically against the, like the minority working classes or the majority working classes, excuse me, against the like minority elite class. And it's this constant struggle between these two classes will eventually result in the workers overcoming their masters and bringing about a sort of semi-utopian age. Not really a utopian age, but just an age where people aren't exploited. Just different. Just different. Yeah. Still shitty, but different. Not as, yeah. And that's good enough for a little. <laughs> yeah. The goal is to have a society where people are all these happy, self-actualized individuals who still work, but they live in a community of equals. And there's no like greed or, or anything like that somehow. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, one of those societies where most human, natural human tendencies just are non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. There's a lot of faith that humans can be good. I don't know why people have that type of faith. <laughs> <laughs> We've clearly displayed that we prefer to not be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, I guess it's debatable how much Marx thought communism would be like a utopia. I mean, I think you'd still need to have a, I don't know. Would you need a police force in Marxism? Maybe not. Maybe he didn't think you would need police in communism. You got to be, uh, everybody takes a shift. <laughs> everybody gets one week a year where they're the cops. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Essentially, if you can, if you can get away with murder for a week, you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty much going to get away from, with murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely. Because everybody knows that if they, just, if they just stall for a week, that's the next guy's issue. Yeah. Unless there's some sweet incentives for solving murders, then it would be like that week you really want to solve it. Okay, it could work. It could work. Yeah, it's like every cop has been on the week, and then it's like, well, it's, I've only got one more day on the force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, that's, that's communism basically. Uh, work is good, but capitalism has perverted work into this horrible, alienating thing that makes people depressed and miserable. But they get duped by ideologies like the American dream and Christianity, the Puritan work ethic, into sacrificing themselves for greedy bosses. Yep. That's, that's basically, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate, no. Um, it's gotten a lot, things have gotten a lot better since then. But What do you make of uh, Facebook changing their name today? That's a weird mm. move, huh? Oh yeah, it's to Meta. They are like they're kind of fucked right now, so they're like in damage control mode, like a heavy, heavy damage control mode. Well, good. I hope they. I hope that the whole system crashes. Yeah, yeah. They they might be in trouble. Um. So they're yeah they're they're trying they're throwing anything at the wall that might stick. I think. I am like a uh, social media. What what is it? What is the phrase for someone who wants society to collapse? But is there is there a name for that? Not anarchist. 
A revolutionary. You're a revolutionary. You want to overthrow the establishment. Yeah, but only when it comes to social media. Oh, okay. You're a, a Luddite. You hate technology. <laughs> I, only social media. I love technology. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Just social media. <laughs> yeah, good. Social media is interesting, but we did not, I've not done any research on it, so I don't really know. Right. I don't know anything. All I know is that it knows me better than I know myself, apparently. Yeah, and that should make you feel terrible and frightened. <laughs> it's so easy to like figure out what movie to watch next or like what song to listen to. It just tells me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the, uh, the TikTok ticks that are being induced in children? No. What, what, what is this? I think I heard this on a different podcast, but uh, something like TikTok is giving children ticks, like almost like Tourette's like ticks. Mm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know how true that is. I don't remember where I heard that, but it seems like something that would happen. Mm, sounds like they should see a clinical psychologist, if you ask me. All right. This sounds like a segue. Just take me in. <laughs> take me in, Sam. Yeah. Speaking of uh, clinical psychologists, um, that happens to be the formerly the profession of our subject that we finally arrived at today. The Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Oh. Yes. Yes. We uh, had a listener write in mm-hmm. wanting to talk about this man. And here, here, asking you shall receive. Yes, that's one of Jordan Peterson's favorite quotes. Asking you shall receive. Really? Yeah, he's a Christian. Well, I am familiar with this man. I'm actually familiar with this guy. So uh, this should be, this is actually the most edge I've had in this podcast. Is uh, Oh, right. Hell yeah. You might know more than me about him, actually. <laughs> we'll see. I haven't kept up with him in a while, but I do know his basic philosophies and uh, where he comes from and some of the stuff that he's been through. So mm-hmm. in that case, I know him uh, better than I've known any of the other, the other, the other, these other chumps you bring up all the time. <laughs> yeah, these rank amateurs. <laughs> yeah. Compared to how many Instagram followers do they have? <laughs> yeah. How many did Plato amass, really? <laughs> Probably not a lot. Mm-hmm. Plato was a, a gadfly. He had 48 friends on Meta. Plato would have been all over social media, I can tell you that. Yeah. He was known as a, a fly. He was like a fly, always annoying everybody. Very social. Anyway, anyway. So uh, Jordan Peterson, probably one of the most famous Canadians alive today besides like Justin Trudeau. Uh, he was born in June 1962 in the great province of Alberta. I'm sorry, did you say Justin Trudeau or Justin Bieber? Because you're hellishly oh. incorrect if you said Trudeau. You think Justin Bieber is more famous than Justin Trudeau? Oh, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Oh, man. Yes. Okay, you might be right. And Drake, <laughs> unfortunately. Fuck. Okay, there's a lot of famous Canadians. All right, I sold this short. I sold this short. Look at this photograph. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Jordan B. Peterson, born uh, June 1962 in Alberta, great, great province. Yep. He got his PhD in clinical psychology at McGill University in Montreal, Quebec. He. <laughs> he taught Montreal. He taught at Harvard University in the great state of Massachusetts. And in 1998, he repatriated to the great white north and joined the faculty of psychology at the University of Toronto. Nice. Yes. T-dot. T-dot, yeah. That's where you're at. That's where you're at right now. Yeah. 
That's where I'm going to flare myself over to. <laughs> You're going to flare yourself over to? Yeah. Foyin' round the world. <laughs> $40 and eight hours later, I'm at your front door with a fucking taped up fist. <laughs> Bingo. Boom. <laughs> yeah. I was at the University of Toronto and I thought I saw Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And then I realized ah, it's just a different scrawny white dude. It's just a different uh, drug addicted Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about him. All right. Um, so he he uh, in 1999 he published his book Maps of Meaning. That was his first big book. Yeah. And in Maps of Meaning, uh, it seems to be a trend of like philosophy books costing a lot of money because this book is like 80 bucks on Amazon. Maps of Meaning. Um, but so Maps of Meaning, the architecture of belief is this book where he tried to explain why social conflicts occur. Mm. And so in this book, we learned that Jordan B. Peterson is very influenced by this thing called the collective unconscious, which is a concept of a philosopher named Carl Jung, who it's so the, I'm not an expert on this, but I think the collective unconscious is sort of this idea that the human race shares, I, I guess, like similar unconscious knowledge. Right. Or beliefs, or beliefs. Like we all have these beliefs in common to us that we sort of share, even though we've never communicated with each other about it. We like inherit it somehow, culturally or genetically. I don't know. And these aren't, these aren't just like beliefs about the physical world. It's more of like a social belief. It's unconscious. Yeah. It's like how we organize our lives, how we interpret reality without even realizing it. Okay. Yeah. So he thinks that we have this and that if we can study religions, we will discover like an essential human morality, like an objective morality of humanity because of this collective unconscious. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Because we have this collective unconscious, one system of morality could work for everybody. And it does seem like a lot of like most societies and religions do have more in common than not in common when it comes to like moral boundaries, right? Yeah, like when you get down to it, every society is pretty similar with respect to some core things. Like murder, murder, theft, rape. Those are all pretty clearly bad for society. Yeah, the only differences come in who is it acceptable to do those things to? Right. Because there's always, there's always like differences about who it's acceptable to kill and for what reasons. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are things that universally will make most people uh, feel bad or guilty if they commit one of those actions, right? Yeah. As, yeah. I don't think that they even have to be taught to feel bad. I feel like if someone is, uh, I don't know, raised um, outside of society and then put in society. If they killed someone, they would still feel bad. Yeah, it would, but it would also depend on their beliefs about who they were killing and why they were killing them. Say they accidentally killed someone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Then you're going to feel, you might, you'll probably feel remorse for that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like all societies are pretty similar in that like killing, for example, a family member is considered very bad. Yes. Whether they deserved it or not. Like to have that happen is considered very bad. So it's th- things like that are common everywhere. 
I think people would consider that worse than killing a random stranger. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like well, like one thing that is true is like it seems that like especially with regards to people's immediate family or like their kin group or like their like inner tribe or whatever, they like extend moral consideration to those people. Yes. Anyway, so Peterson maybe he he thinks that uh, it can get even you can get even deeper than that and broader than that if you look at religions because religions are very old. Anyway, so that was in 1999. So the next, you know, 15 years or so passed without too much controversy for Professor Peterson. Yeah. He's doing his thing in Toronto. You know, he's hotshot. He's a professor at the top university in Canada. Yeah. 13, maybe 14 followers on Meta. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, renowned, like doing well academically, social media. He's very limited at this point. Yeah. He's just a professor that sounds like like Kermit the Frog if he never felt joy <laughs> yelling at a couple of students. That's the best description of him I've ever heard. Kermit the Frog if he never felt joy. If Kermit the Frog never made the cut, you didn't get the callback for the Muppets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's so true. I wonder if he ever had aspirations of being like a artist or something. I don't think he has that part of his brain, man. <laughs> I don't think he I don't think he does. Yeah, he is very an- analytical. Yeah, that's a good point. I think he's the type of person that like thinks it's weird when people turn on music in the house. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Yes. I don't see him. He's not a music listener. Yeah. I imagine his playlist is very short. <laughs> <laughs> metronomes like it's mostly white noise <laughs> maybe maybe an ocean breeze <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice like sounds of like hammers hitting things Dang. <laughs> just he just recorded an, it, like a like a factory operating yeah like a construction site like things being ordered <laughs> yeah built things are being aligned and ordered yeah <laughs> uh yep yeah, so speaking of that uh 2000 Okay, so we're not quite at his next book yet. So in uh, 2016, this is when he sort of started to become really famous. Uh, There was a a bill came in Ontario's legislature called Bill C-16. And this bill was was going to introduce gender identity and expression as prohibited grounds of discrimination in the province of Ontario. So, Which means? So, yeah, what does this mean exactly? Peterson argued that this means this bill is going to lead to what he called compelled speech. So you will be forced to address people by their preferred gender pronouns. Mm-hmm. Broadly like that. The only reason I, th- I, I, th- I find it kind of ironic that this is the topic or we're bringing up Jordan Peterson is because like the listener who wrote in, I start seeing people put their pronouns in their at the end of their emails, at the in their bios, and their and, and and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I just started my job, and so many people do that. Yeah, which I think is now it's almost becoming to that point where if you don't specify your pronouns, it's assumed that you don't care about like um, I don't know LGBTQ rights or transgender mm-hmm. people that you you think it's all bullshit if you don't put your pronouns mm-hmm. in your bio. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could be seen as that. Yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, I understand it if if I understand it more if it's like I may look like a man by identify like as I identify as a woman. So I would like you to call me these, but it's it is kind of strange to see people that look very much like the classical man or woman, and then they still put the pronouns in there. It's it's kind of weird to me. Maybe I'm behind the curve. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to do it. it. But no one will compel you to do that, actually. No. It's not law. That's part of, the, part of this discrimination is you actually can't be compelled to put your pronoun on there. Right. Well, like, I, th- I think, okay, so don't take my word for that, right? I'm just sort of coming up with this interpretation off the cuff. But I think part of this thing that it's, like, what does this mean? What is discrimination? What does that mean? From what I can tell, this is like, uh, this is like discrimination as you would see in like, for example, if you wanted to like get a job somewhere, they wouldn't be able to deny you that job based on your gender. Right. Based on the fact that you identified as a different gender. Yeah. And they shouldn't be able to. Yeah. But don't worry, because if you don't want to hire that person, there's plenty of other reasons you can probably come up with not to hire them. Yeah. You could simply not, you can, you can not hire somebody based on their political beliefs in Ontario. Yeah. You can hire someone if you don't think they would be a good fit for your workplace. Like if they wouldn't fit in. Yeah. Like at what point are people having to report why they aren't hiring people? Mm. What if I just don't fucking like you? How about that? Well, that's fine. But like, for example, if you apply for a job and they tell you you can't have it because um, of your religion, for example. Right. Or if they fire you for that, for example, they fire you because of your religion or they fire you because you identify as a certain gender. You can sue them for wrongful dismissing. Yeah, that's bad. You can get money. You absolutely should. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I would be very flabbergasted if I called back and be like, so did I get the job? And they're like, actually, no, we don't like that you voted for uh, Justin Trudeau. So like, why would they even say that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they could actually, they could choose not to hire you because of your political belief. I know, but how dumb would you have to be to tell me that's the reason why? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it would usually, yeah, they don't tell you. But if it came out that that was the reason, they wouldn't be in trouble for it. If it was political. Yeah. But if it was based on gender, then they would be, then it would be an issue. Oh, yeah. It matters in that respect. So he, uh, I watched a video of him recently where he was also annoyed about another aspect of this bill, which he thought was, he, he got really animated about this in the video. Like he's a very charismatic speaker. Oh, yeah. He's very passionate. Yeah. Cold, but passionate. It's weird. Just like Hitler. Just like Hitler. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching the video. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> Man, reincarnation is real. So he was like, uh, he, was, he noticed that in the bill, this Bill C-16, it says that the Human Rights Commission of Ontario can act outside of the common law precedence. And he said this was terrible because the English common law is one of the greatest inventions of modern civilization and has created free and open societies. And to do away with the English common law, he said, would I think he, he said it like it, it made his hackles stand on end or something. But he was very opposed to this and thought this was a clear sign that this bill was a piece of social engineering that would destroy, would be the beginning of the end of democracy and liberal democracy. 
Damn. Well, um, damn. So is he right about that? Well, I have, I have an opinion. <laughs> um, before you get to your opinion, can you just give us quick explanation as to what exactly uh, common law means? Okay. Yeah. So, so common law, English common law specifically is what's known as judge made law. Right. So this is laws that are made, essentially made by judges. So basically what happens is a case will come before a court and the lawyers will make their arguments or whatever. And then the judge will make a decision and the judge will write all of these reasons for the decision. And over time, similar cases happen, right? Like someone slips on the ice outside the store. It happens over and over and over again. Yeah. Every time it happens, the judge has to make a decision on it. Who's liable? Did they owe a duty of care? You know, that sort of thing. Over time, judges start to try these cases in similar ways. Similar fact patterns, similar events lead to similar decisions. Right. This is why like, setting legal precedences can be like, a huge deal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Because if, 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 they rule, if they rule in favor of someone in a certain instance, that becomes the precedent. And now any lawyer in the future can refer to that case as, well, you did it for that guy. That guy got off for these exact, in this exact scenario. So you kind of have to. Then now you have to prove that it's... Uh, exactly, yeah. Consistent. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Consistency. There's consistency in these decisions. Yeah. Which is good, but also in some cases can be pretty much a loophole. Yes, and we, we will definitely get to that point. Um, but yeah, so it's basically, yeah, it's like this, uh, it keeps the law consistent and there's a hierarchy to it. So there's different levels of courts. There's like your city court, then there's your uh, court of appeal, and then above that is the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court's decisions are binding on all other courts. So. When the Supreme Court makes a decision, every other court in the jurisdiction affected by that decision has to follow the Supreme Court's ruling and rule in that way on similar cases. Yeah. So that's like the precedent system. And so the common law is, are all of the decisions and precedents that have arisen over you know, hundreds, thousands of years. Maybe not thousands, but definitely hundreds of years. And in Canada, yeah, it goes all the way to England. So, and just... Just to recap, what about Bill C-16 specifically made Jordan Peterson think that that would erode common law? Okay, so in the bill, in Ontario, it's a little different because there's two, I mean, this is true like across, across the board in England, Canada, United States, like all these Commonwealth countries. There's kind of like two kinds of law. There's what's known as private law, and then there's public law. Maybe three kinds, private law, public law, and then a different kind of public law is called administrative law. So private law is like when two private citizens sue each other. Right. Or like one, one private citizen launches an action against another private citizen. Public law is when the government launches an action against a private citizen or a citizen launches an action against the government. So in Canada, criminal law is public law because the, the government prosecutes a private citizen on behalf of all Canadians. Right. The victim is not a party. So it's not, it's not victim versus uh, perpetrator. It's the government versus perpetrator. Right. It'll be like uh, Simpson, Crown v. Simpson or something like that. Right. The Crown. It's called the Crown. And uh, 
So employment, like employment stuff, especially like discrimination, matters, matters of discrimination can be decided by a body called the Human Rights Commission of Ontario. And the Human Rights Commission of Ontario is not a court. It's called an administrative body. So the kind of law that applies to it is called administrative law because it's not a, technically a court. Right. It's actually, it's like a creature of the executive branch of the province. The courts a are part creature. of the judicial branch. The creature. It's a creature, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Gross. But it's like, a, it's like a creature, but it's like, a, it's independent. Like it doesn't do the bidding of the minister. It's an independent body that does its own thing but it is technically part of the executive branch. Okay. And so across the board for every single administrative tribunal, I don't think any administrative tribunal is bound by either common law precedents or by the precedents set by that administrative tribunal. They're not bound by precedents. Oh, so they can just fucking freestyle out there. <laughs> definitely not. They definitely can't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although that is, uh, I mean, okay, so I, I shouldn't speak like an expert. I'm not a crusty, crusty old administrative law expert here, so. Not yet. I shouldn't be too, I shouldn't be too Puritan about it, but um, I, don't, I definitely do not think it is the case that these administrative bodies just sort of like willy-nilly make whatever sort of decision they want. Right. They have to make reasonable decisions. And if they don't make reasonable decisions, you can appeal those decisions and they can be overturned by courts in a process known as judicial review, which is a whole nother ballgame. Yeah. So it is not, it's not, so it is absolutely not the case. And this has been the case for like years, decades. So it is not the case that having administrative tribunals that aren't bound by common law precedents just erases the common law. Right. As, as he seems to suggest. So you, you disagree with Peterson and the threat that this tribunal actually can pose to common law? This tribunal can't make its own laws. That's the whole point. Right. Administrative tribunals can't make precedents. The fact that they, like, they're not bound by precedents means that they can't make precedents. Okay. So if this tribunal might rule one way, but guess what? Vote out the government. If you don't like the way the... Like the tribunals are deciding things, vote out the government. And the government can then do away with the tribunals. Right. So if they, if, if they can't set precedences, but they can operate outside of them, don't they, they're not beholden to them? Am I misunderstanding that? They're not beholden to precedents. Um, they're not beholden to precedents. That's correct. Okay. So just because they rule one way in a certain case doesn't mean that they can't rule in a different way in a similar case later on. Right. In that sense, they kind of are freestyling a little bit. They are, but they have to be reasonable. If they're not reasonable, then their, their decisions can be overturned on appeal by a court in a process called judicial review. Right. It's, it's rare, but it definitely happens. And on top of that, because these aren't courts, they are like a, a creature of the legislature. If they become an issue, they can be done away with by changing the government through a an, an democratic election. Right. Unlike a court. They're the lapdogs. They're the lapdogs of the, of the government yeah. in place. Exactly. But it's different from a court, for example, where you can't, I don't think you can fire a Supreme Court justice. Like, I don't know if you can do that, if you don't like their decisions. 
you can only poison them or wait for them to die. Yeah, you can only poison them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um basically yeah, I don't think I don't think Peterson is right that administrative law will be the downfall of western democracy. Although I'm sure many people don't like administrative law. Oh yeah. Sounds kind of like uh sounds like kind of like a group of kids in high school decide. It's like the yearbook club. Yeah deciding like the themes of like what prom's going to be without asking any of the other children, <laughs> other students because they're isolated. Yeah. In their fucking scrapbook room. Yeah, no, he he's way he's way like fearmongering. Yeah. Like how did It's a Climb by Miley Cyrus end up being our grad walk song? Like how did that happen? No <laughs> one asked everybody else. There was like a small group of people who decided that without ever running it by people. No, that was horrible. It's the same thing. Yeah. No, like, in in a way, it's like, it is, you cannot allow administrative bodies to set precedents. Because if if the administrative body, right, say like the liberals set up a, say like the Human Rights Commission sets up a precedent and people don't like that ruling, well, then they can just like, then they don't have to follow it later. Yeah. It's not going to carry on to if the power changes, right, to the conservatives. Exactly. Like the legislature can amend the human rights code. And if they amend the human rights code, then the human rights commission has to enforce those amendments. Right. Like the whole point of the commission is to enforce the human rights code. So if you make changes to the human rights code, then the human rights commission has to enforce those changes. Right, right, right. Well, that, that's good. That's good that it's not, it can't set precedents. That seems like it would be way too much power in their hands. Exactly. They have far less power because they actually can't set precedence. Right. So it's, it's actually like they're less powerful. Courts are so powerful because they can set precedence. If a court couldn't set a precedent, it wouldn't be powerful. Yes, but they are, they might not have any like concrete power or as much rather. Obviously they have power, but. Uh, they have power in the short term. Their influence is, they have a lot of influence, I'm sure, on like general public opinion. Yeah. I mean, they like there. There was this. Uh, there was this comedian in Quebec who ran afoul of the Quebec Human Rights Commission and got fined like a ton of money. Yeah, I think a guy in in Vancouver. Another thing similarly was, I forget. Maybe this was the Quebec person, or maybe this was the Vancouver person. I can't remember. But uh, a comedian was making fun of a, a guy in the audience who was in a wheelchair. Yeah, this is the Quebec guy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he was making fun of him for being in a wheelchair or just making fun of a guy who happened to be in a wheelchair. No, he was like a kid with a disability who was doing like singing. He was like singing Celine Dion covers or something. I don't know. And uh, yeah, he was just like, he was like mocking his uh, singing on stage and then in YouTube videos. And was he in the audience? Uh, I don't, I think he, I don't even know if he was in the audience, but he got like bullied at school because that was like the reason they made the complaint was because of bullying. Okay, because for a second there, I thought you were describing this kid singing Celine Dion in the, in the audience while he was trying to do comedy. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. My heart will go on. <laughs> I was like, the nerve of this kid. <laughs> they wouldn't let me sing, and then they got mad at me. <laughs> Where were you? Oh, I was at Heckler's nightclub, <laughs> a comedy show. No, no, this was like a 
this was something that this kid was doing on his own time. Like, I think he had been on a TV show doing it or something. Okay, so the, the comedian was making fun of him after seeing him on the TV show. Yes. And then I guess that, that joke probably got posted and then passed around and that kid ended up getting bullied. Yes, that's, that's precisely it. Sorry, that's the randomness of the internet. <laughs> if you put yourself out there, that you always if you post anything of yourself on the internet, you have to be prepared for it to backlash hard on you. That is just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that uh, punishment will ever actually get enforced. Because $35,000 is a lot of money. That's a lot of money for, for something that kind of wasn't... Did he intend that joke to get back to the kid because that would be important if he hand delivered that joke that that clip of himself tailing that joke on stage like he went to the kid's school <laughs> and like gathered an assembly and then played it on the big screen in the gymnasium that would be something where i was like you owe this kid 35 grand at least yeah i don't know i don't know but if it just someone recorded it in the audience it got online and it somehow got back to the kid to me that is not not the responsibility of the comedian at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know like to what extent that punishment is punitive. Like he did something, he was malicious. I think like, I don't know, I haven't seen the joke, so I don't know how malicious the joke was, but I think, I think he was pretty, uh, I don't think it was like a friendly jab. Like I think he was really like digging into this kid. Like That's beside the point. Like if he, if he, if he was telling this joke and never intended, like had no intention of the child ever hearing it that's it's just a misfortune of the internet it's not his fault you should be allowed to make fun of whoever you want on stage whether it's tasteful or not let the audience decide if it's really not tasteful and it's really not funny the audience will let you know to have to pay that kid money because it somehow got back to him is not that's out of his hands that was just the internet doing that then every single person that was shared that video or showed that video to him should also be uh, responsible. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know if this will actually end up getting paid. So this is like a perfect example of how, despite the fact that this administrative body can act outside of precedent, like there's no precedent for, for this kind of thing. Right. How it can act outside of precedent is not really the end of the world because at the end of the, because this decision can get appealed to a court and a court may order it to be overturned if it's not reasonable. Now, has that process not already happened in this case? I thought it did, and it didn't get overturned. No, no, no. I don't believe that's happened yet. Okay. I, I don't know the details of it. I'll probably look this up later, but... I think it's gone to the Supreme Court. It's like now every comedian's supposed to be afraid of who might end up hearing their jokes, like even if it was never intended for them to hear it. It'll depend on the details. It'll depend on the details of the case. Like it'll be, I don't, I don't think cases like this are very common. Yeah. If he was on stage and it was like, I want every one of you to take out your phones and record this joke and send it directly to that kid. That is, yeah. Now you've got, you know, that's, that's a case. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that would be a good, that's a good point. Well argued. Jordan Strauss Esquire. Well, I'm highly educated. That is why I'm sitting in, uh, I haven't changed since I got home from work and I am covered with concrete uh, mud. And uh, that's the sign of a highly educated man. I actually chisel all of my theses into, uh, into stones like Moses. So, wow. 
That's why I'm so dusty. Hope you don't make any mistakes. You have to. Never. How do you erase carvings? I put the wrong punctuation at the end of like a paragraph. <laughs> no. At the end of the Ten Commandments, it's just like quotation marks there with an apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> he says you're the wrong way. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's why he spent so long up there. They forgot who God was and started worshiping a golden calf. They're like, weren't we supposed to be waiting <laughs> yeah. for someone who was talking to someone? Yeah. <laughs> Moses kept fucking up his tablets. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Veil. <laughs> yeah. That was shelf there into Mount. If you go up into the mountains where he was writing those, uh, there's just it's covered in smashed tablets everywhere. <laughs> With like little minor typos or like he ran out of space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he fucking didn't plan out his space. He doesn't. He ended up half of a word at the end of it. It just like, gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he learned how to chisel in Egypt like that, did he? <laughs> they had parchment. They had parchment back there. Papyrus, yeah, papyrus. Now we're using fucking granite tablets. This is a downgrade. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Fuck, get him some papyrus. <laughs> you think it'd be too much to ask God to split the Red Sea again so we can go back? <laughs> oh my god, I forget where I saw this, but I forget who was talking about this. But they were like Moses had to part the Red Sea, but Jesus could just walk on it. Like, yeah. Well, Moses had to take an entire population of people with him. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You can't give everyone the power to walk on water. It'd be chaos. No, no. Uh, yeah, that would, people would abuse that power. So, how would people abuse that power? I'd, lo- I'd like to know why. What walking that on water, like, Sam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you abuse that power? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> like. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Would anything bad come about because people can walk on water? Um, maybe not. Maybe something would. I just can't imagine what it would be. No one would ever drown again, in a sense. Oh, people still would wow. drown. Uh, you, people would still you, drown. You give people too much credit. I just don't like. I know that if everybody got the power to walk on water right now, somehow someone would find a way to abuse it. That's the crazy thing. Mm. I just can't fathom what that would look like. Oh, they would smuggle drugs over borders by running across a lake or something. Well, there'd just be border guards there. (laughs) Yeah, there'd just be border guards on the lake. Yeah, fuck. Now, every country's border would have to extend far out into the ocean, too. And you'd have to, like, Trump's wall would have to keep going all the way over to, (laughs) to the next continent. Oh, okay. If animals could walk on water. That would be super chaotic. That would be very chaotic. That would be a game changer. But also very beautiful. Imagine a grizzly bear that's only lived his life. Like, like he has to eat salmon. He has to eat salmon. It's the only thing yeah. that's spawning up his river. But he's going out there now. He's fucking with bluefin, like yellowfin Whoa. tuna. A bear walking on water. Man, they could catch so many fish. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to see some really unlikely animal friendships. Yeah. I think kangaroo, kangaroos would leave Australia. They would hop away. Oh, for sure. They'd be like, I'm fucking out, mate. <laughs> I'm fucking out That's of here, mate. Is it? <laughs> I'm out of here. It's fucking hot. It's hot. <laughs> fucking koalas. If there was suddenly, because essentially if everybody can walk on water, then like borders are now 
no one's going to be able. It's like Pangea, except for not, except yeah. for you have to walk a lot longer. But, <laughs> but in that case, so many different animals and, and shit can start hanging out over time. Like, what would be your ideal, unlikely animal friendship to, to witness come about? Mm. And remember, there is still a barrier between the top of the water and the deep sea. So, like any any animals that that uh, can walk on water, they're only going to be able to befriend the the animals that frequent frequent the. Uh, they break the surface, so it's probably still going to be a lot of mammal on mammal friendships. Honestly, okay. I want to see squirrels riding on an elephant. <laughs> I guarantee you that's happening already somewhere. That's that's already happening. <laughs> yeah, that's probably there's squirrels everywhere. I want to see. I want to see a uh, a narwhal uh, and uh, and and. Uh, and an anteater, and I want to want to see that horn go up, go up the tube. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's nasty. <laughs> but they like it. Oh my god, <laughs> poor anteater. <laughs> I don't think they just have like a straight up tube. Like no, he's a sadist. <laughs> he went out there. He he's into some crazy shit. I don't know if that thing is a tube. I feel like that's like their nose. It is their nose, but or is it their mouth? Doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> it's their, it's their tongue. Yeah, it is their mouth because their tongues go, oh, their tongues go way deep. Whoa, how long are their tongues? Man, that's going to be kink. <laughs> Our tongues are like three times the length of their body or something crazy. What the fuck? Because they got to stick it into the anthill. They, look it up. Oh my God. Look it up. They have crazy long tongues. They'd be very popular in the narwhal community. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be good. If everybody could walk on water. Would you rather, here's another question. What do you think would be worse for society? Suddenly every mammal or every living thing can fly as far as it wants to. Mm -hmm. Or every living thing can walk on water. Or every living thing can hold its breath or breathe underwater. What? Hold on, what? What are my options again? What, what, which of those, which, what, which of, everything can fly. Okay. Everything can traverse water, like walk on it. Uh-huh. Or everything can live underwater, survive underwater, like breathe underwater. Mm. What would be more of like the what which society would you rather live in? Mm. Flying would be pretty cool, I have to say. I think I would like to fly. But you know it's gonna lose its fun factor after a while. Like you gotta consider that. Like, yeah, flying is gonna be amazing. Well, that would, that, would, that would apply to any of them. That's why I'm, I'm trying to get you to base your decision on something other than just the funness. Okay. Flying would also lead to global mobility horizontally as well as vertically. So I think that's pretty good. Yes. Good factor in favor of flying. That's pretty good. But you wouldn't gain any more uh, land space to essentially extend society because like again i mean i guess you could start building on the ocean but i think if everything could live on land and underwater you've just you've just gained so much more not only uh space to live but resources uh uh, 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 uh coral <laughs> i don't know I don't know, man. Ocean, ocean overcrowding. I think the ocean would get overcrowded real quick, and uh, the sharks would take care of that problem. Yeah, that's not a problem we have today. That's for sure. <laughs> I think sharks are like designed to make sure there's not too many fish in the ocean. 
I never thought about that. Is that now you have to deal with all the ocean predators, and I don't <laughs> think I, I would like that. Yeah. Hey, how about you, listeners? Why don't you write in? What's the best future? What would be the best scenario? Everything can fly, everything <laughs> can walk on water, or everything can be breathe underwater. Oh, great. I can't wait to hear these answers. <laughs> write us at tpspodcast420 at gmail. That would be awesome if someone someone gave this a lot of thought. <laughs> Uh, anything else to add, Sam? Um, oh, I would just encourage all three of you to go <laughs> see the movie Dune in theaters. I'm going to go see Dune soon. A- a- as soon as I have like a-, a legit time where me and my lovely lady can go watch it, then we will do a podcast uh, discussing it. Yes. And uh, I look forward to that. Yes. So that's it. That's episode one, season two, TPS podcast. I believe we're going to have new intro music and maybe some exit music now. Mm. That's exciting. Very exciting. You'll know before I do. <laughs> okay. Bye. Adios. Adios.